Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Breakthrough Newsletter. I'm J. Paul Frydenmaker, the author, and if you are in major gift fundraising or thinking about getting started, I'm excited for you and pulling for you. I also know it can feel overwhelming. Questions immediately arise, like where do you get started? Who do you call? How do you ask for a large gift? Well, my hope and intent is that these readings and reflections are a good starting point in your exit strategy from confusion in major gift fundraising. Stay tuned at the end for more ways to get support and help in your amazing work. This Breakthrough Newsletter will post to the Breakthrough blog on March 2nd, 2024, and is titled, Jesus and the J-Man, BFFs and Co-Conspirators. Sometimes when the gospel writers touch on a story about Jesus' friendship with an individual, yet provide very few specific details and stories regarding the nature of their relationship, I get frustrated. I crave more information, more nuance, more emotion, more drama. Joseph of Arimathea is an example of this. Wouldn't it be great to have more reporting on his relationship with Jesus? Their discussions, their dreams, their adventures. I guess the good news is that in the face of limited information, I get to immerse myself in Jesus's world and imagine what their relationship might have been like. I love this. As major gift fundraisers, these are exactly the kinds of relationships we are pursuing, tending to, loving, and inviting to engage. So, what do we know about Joseph of Arimathea from the Bible? One, we know he was a secret disciple of Jesus, actually fearing the Jewish leaders. We see that in John 19. We also know he was a member of the Sanhedrin, but not consenting to their decisions and actions related to Jesus. We find that in Luke 23. A third thing we know, he asked Pilate to give him Jesus's body so there could be a proper burial. We see that in Mark chapter 15. Finally, we know that he fulfilled prophecy by providing the tomb for Jesus's burial. We find that in Matthew chapter 27 and in John chapter 19. So, I'll now fire up my creative juices and offer a fictional flavor to the relationship between Jesus and Joseph. Here goes. Jesus probably had more nicknames for him than any of his other good friends. And it was an indication that probably they were besties. J-Man, Jathia, and Shadow Joe were regular go-tos, but Jesus secretly favored Horse Whisperer because, well, he sometimes thought of the Sanhedrin as stinky steeds. In the bustling heart of Jerusalem, where the market's cacophony often drowned out even the most fervent prayers, Joseph of Arimathea and Jesus of Nazareth found an unlikely friendship. Joseph, with his esteemed position in the Sanhedrin and 
a penchant for fine robes that didn't quite hide his discomfort in them, and Jesus, the itinerant preacher with a knack for turning water into wine just when the party was about to fizzle out. Their friendship was an open secret, much like Joseph's belief in Jesus's teachings. They met under the guise of discussing, quote, serious matters, which more often than not involved Jesus trying to teach Joseph how to walk on water in the privacy of Joseph's ornate swimming pool. It's all about faith, J-Man, and maybe knowing where the stepping stones are, Jesus would say with a wink as Joseph floundered like a fish out of water. Joseph, in his role, couldn't join Jesus on his travels, but he supported him in spirit and in more tangible ways. I've arranged a little donation for your next feast, Joseph would whisper, slipping Jesus a bag of silver. Try not to let Judas handle the catering. Their banter was light, but their discussions deep, often delving into the essence of faith, love, and the kingdom of God. You know, Jathea, Jesus once mused as they reclined in Joseph's garden. I could really shake things up if I turned the temple into a vineyard. Imagine the high priest trying to pronounce blessings on a sea of grapes. Joseph chuckled, then grew serious. Your path is a tough one, my friend. If you ever need anything. He gestured vaguely, encompassing his wealth, influence, and perhaps his tomb. It's yours, he said. Their friendship, though filled with laughter, was anchored in a profound respect for each other's mission. Joseph couldn't preach or perform miracles, but in his heart, he was every bit the disciple that Peter or John was. And Jesus knew this, appreciating the quiet strength and support Joseph offered. When the inevitable came and Jesus was crucified, Joseph's role became clear. He negotiated with Pilate for Jesus' body with a shrewdness that would have made any market trader envious. Arranging for the tomb, he couldn't help but joke to Nicodemus. You know, he once promised to turn my swimming pool into wine. I hope he doesn't decide to redecorate the tomb on his way out. But as they laid Jesus to rest, Joseph felt a pang of sorrow mixed with hope. See you soon, my friend, he whispered not fully understanding the truth in his words. Thanks for indulging me on that fictional account, but I want you to think about the friendships that you have with wealthy benefactors and how Jesus's relationship with the horse whisperer might be instructive. Jesus, I'm sure, was well aware of the potential Joseph offered to the movement, and so was Joseph. They both knew the following. Number one, Joseph could provide financial support and resources. Given the account of Joseph offering his own tomb for Jesus's burial, it's clear he was willing to share his resources for the cause. Number two, Joseph could provide influence within the Sanhedrin, 
Jesus may have joked that Joseph was his Sanhedrin horse whisperer, but he knew there was significant strategic importance in this. This could have involved facilitating dialogues between Jesus and open-minded members of the Sanhedrin or trying to temper the council's hostility toward Jesus and his followers. Thirdly, Joseph could provide a safe haven. Jesus might have invited Joseph to offer discreet refuge for himself or his disciples when the pressures of ministry became particularly intense. This would align with Joseph's later actions in securing Jesus' body and providing a tomb, indicating his willingness to offer tangible support in times of needs. These actions, while speculative and fascinating to ponder, are consistent with the kind of support a well-positioned and resourceful follower like Joseph of Arimathea could have offered to Jesus' movement, blending behind-the-scenes assistance with direct, impactful actions. And we know that Jesus loved him, ministered to him, and tended to his complex life. Joseph felt seen and included in the movement. His legacy, while not his primary motivation, looms large in the story of Jesus' brief life on this earth. I pray and hope that you have a few J-mans in your work as you rally resources for your amazing causes. Thanks again for listening to this audio version of the Breakthrough Newsletter. Follow me on LinkedIn for daily pro tips on major gift fundraising. You can sign up for my newsletter to have content like you heard today, both audio and written, delivered directly to your email each week. You can also engage with my teaching and coaching online at your own pace through the online Catalyst course for $500. If you feel a need for additional live coaching, I am glad to work with you. All my prices are listed clearly on my website, and all the links will be in the show notes of this recording. I look forward to hearing about your good work. Finally, I'll send you off with a word from the late author, Henry Nowen. He says this, the question is not how to get money. Rather, the question is about our relationship with money. We will never be able to ask for money if we do not know how we ourselves relate to money. All right. Thanks everyone. See you next time.